just name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. You got to put some work, you got to put some work in, you know, with it. Amen. God has made us a promise too often. Uh, Brother Larry, we, we uh, instead of standing on the promises, we just sitting on the premises, you know, and we ain't doing nothing. We just, we just wishing and hoping we make it there, you know. But he said, no, you got to stand on the promises and standing on them, we have to put in some work. Amen. Thank you, Brother Rodney, for leading us in song and Brother Menace for the communion portion and Brother Matt for reading of the text. Thank you all for being here, taking time out of your evening to even come back out or come out for the first time today. Uh, and if you're visiting, uh, we're just glad to see you here worshiping God with us this evening. If you would meet me in the text that was read into your hearing in Job chapter 34 and verse 11. I'm going to read that and then I'm going to read it in a, another version. Sometimes the King James leaves us kind of wanting, you know, so sometimes you got to make this, make it plain for us. So the text reads, for the work of the Lord in Job chapter 34 and verse 11, it says, for the work of, of a man shall he render unto him and cause every man to find according to his ways. Now, the, the Christian standard version reads as such. For he repays a person according to his deeds and he gives him what his conduct deserves. I, I, I like that a little bit better. It, 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 and, and God's saying, I'm going to give you, and, and, and this, this same thought is, is revisited a number of places in Scripture, um, that we're going to have to give an account for what we did in this life, and he's going to give us according to what we have done in this body. But he said he's going to repay us for what we do. And, and your conduct, he, he says, and he's going to give you according to what your conduct deserves. And, and, and I asked the question, what does your conduct deserve? You know, that's what we got to, you know, because sometimes we can, we can get a little foul with our, our conduct. Whether we choose to do it or whether somebody else provoke us into doing it, but, but it's incumbent on us to keep that in check. You know, there's a, a belief held by many in the body of Christ that, that says that if I'm not doing something that has a distinctive spiritual value, then it has no value at all. Well, uh, I, I want you to, to, to hold that thought. We're going to look at that. We're going we to look because I don't believe that everything that you do has to have a spiritual value on the surface, okay? okay? Um, see, because, and a lot of, and some of them same people would say that um, the, the reason they have jobs is to support spiritual ministries and uh, the work of the church and, and, and to, to, to live off of, okay? They, they say their jobs are strictly for those reasons. But 
that some of the most important leaders in the early church had secular jobs. And they did not see uh, them jobs, their jobs as only a support um, for other ministries, but they considered their jobs as their ministries. They considered their job as their ministries. Now, I, I, I was just using Job as a, as a launching point, but my, but my lesson is going to come from uh, Acts chapter 9 and verse 36. And if, if you would turn there, because I'm going to look at the example of one who used their job as a ministry. That's Acts chapter 9 and verse 36. And in Acts chapter 9 and 36, and, and the title of my message is Rewards from All the Work That We Do. Rewards for, from all of the work that we do. We're not just going to get re rewards from everything done inside the church building, okay? We're going to get rewards from all the work that we do. See, and... and in this text, we want to consider a sister in Christ in Acts 9.36 whose name was Dorcas, uh, translated a gazelle. She was also known as Tabitha. And she was a, a clothing manufacturer who was abounding with deeds of kindness and love, okay, which she did continually. Now, let's, let's read Acts, 30, uh, Acts 9 and verse 36, it said, Now there was a Joppa, a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deed, which she did. Now, that, that, that phrase, full of, just jumped out at me, you know, because I, I, I know... Some of us have had some, some family members or, 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 or some people we know, and, and, and when they come around, they always bring some mess with them. And, and, and you know, we just want to tell them sometimes, man, you know, you full of, fill in the blank, okay? You know, we just want to say that to them. But, but it said, this is a different thought here. This said that she was full of good works and alms deeds. That's, that's being charitable to people who are in need, and, and, and she did this continually. Right. See, and, and when you think of her being full of, anybody that's full of something, uh, Fraser always saying, see, we, we can be full of the Holy Spirit, full, being full like she was of these good deeds and all these. See, see, her cup is running over, you know. See, people drinking from her saucer. When you're around her, you, you ain't got to mess with the cup, you know, because she's running over with good deeds and and, and and good works that she's doing in the midst of all the people that she's around. See, now, where, where this could describe a number of Christians, it, 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 and, and a lot of Christians are, are like that. They're they full of good works. They're always doing nice things for people. This, when, when I read this, struck me personally. Because this brings, brings to mind my wife. Y'all give me a minute. Let me talk about my wife. I wish she was here right now. I had to give her the tape, okay? Uh, but anyway, see, see, 
my, my wife is the, is the kind of person, some, some of her acts of kindness that she does is, is giving to friends and giving to relatives, to saints, to the homeless. When we pass people on the street, she tearing her pocketbook open trying to get something out to give because she said, I, that could be me out there, you know. So she's giving to them and all kinds of organizations that, that, that call and want something. And, 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 and phrase, as soon as you give them one time, or they put you on the list. They say, "Oh, you put her name in capital letters." And man, they tear up on up, you know. I, you know, and so, so once once you start giving, they they just put you on the list that this is a giver, and, and and if the person got the gift of giving, a lot of times they won't turn them down. So they they they'll be calling uh, all the time, and 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 not just them. Anybody that that has a need, she she'll try to help them. And, and give them what they what they need. They what they need. But see, I want to call to your remembrance what I just said about this this text in Job thirty four and eleven. It says, "For he repays a person according to his deeds, and he gives him or her generic what their conduct deserves." Now see. I, this, this has sowing and reaping all over it. See, he's saying, whatever you sow, that's what I'm going to give you in return. We, we've been working out of the book of Proverbs uh, over in the Thursday morning class. And uh, I mean, from the beginning of that book all the way through there, that the thread of sowing and reaping is, is woven all through that book. You know, we would go from one chapter to another, from within the chapter, two or three times, it's talking about the same thing. I say, now, if you leave away from this study of this book and you don't get this point, you know, then you, you need to give it up, okay? Because that, that's a blessing that God gave us to be used in our life. And, and that works just like any other law that he has put into place. Right. If, if, with, with a guarantee on it. He gave us that for a guarantee that you, we can dictate what kind of harvests that we have. Right. You hear me? We can dictate that. We can, act, we can actually determine if we want all good harvests, then that law of sowing and reaping grants us that. Okay? Uh, all we have to do is be careful in what we plant on this side because he gave, gave us a guarantee of whatever we plant. We're going to get, when you plant something, seeds, you always get back more than what you planted. And you're going to get the same thing that you planted. So if if we plant good seeds, we're going to get a good harvest. You plant bad seeds, don't try try to negate the process. You're going to get a return from that. So uh, this, this text is telling us, Whatever we do, we're going to get a return on that because he said he, he will repay us. And, and, and not only is, are we going to be repaid, we're not going to be repaid in the by and by when we get over there where everybody's going to be happy. We, we, we can get paid right here, in the here and now. And, and, and we, we want to see that within the text that we've chosen today. I, I'm not going to be... Before you long, when we get down here to 42, then, uh, then we're going to give the invitation and, and the lesson will be yours. In, in verse 
in verse 37 and 38. It reads, and it came to pass in those days that she was sick. That's Dorcas. And she died. And it, and it says, and she died. Whom when they had washed, washed, they laid her in the upper chamber. Now, in, in, in that culture, in, in them days when that was a preparation for burial. When someone died, they, they washed the body and was their mindset that, that they prepared them for the afterlife and uh, they wanted them to go into that clean. But, but they would prepare the body by washing it and putting it in a chamber. So, so it says, and put her in the upper chamber, laid her in the upper chamber, and, and say, and for much as litter, uh, Letter was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there. They sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Now, Letter was not far from where they were at this particular time, and and they heard that Peter was over there. In fact, he was he had just healed a man, uh, Aeneas. He had, you know, healed him, and they said, well, that, now, I don't know what they was expecting Peter to do, but they asked him to come there without delay, okay? Uh, up until that time, no apostles had raised anybody from the dead. Now, I don't know whether they thought they wanted him to come to comfort the people because of this great uh, uh, servant of the Lord had died, and the people was messed up about it, but... Anyway, they sent for him. So, in, in, uh, in 39, 39, it says, 39 reads, Then Peter arose and went with them. And when he was come, they brought him to the upper chamber. And all the widows stood by weeping. And showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. See, Dorcas had been a real friend to those people. And it, it, it says, like I said, I don't know what they thought Peter was going to do. But, but it said when she died, they sent for him immediately. And they brought attention to Peter um, to tell him that she had passed. Now, I don't know, um, see, see, it must have been important to the, the church leaders about this woman, Dorcas, because Peter came immediately. Why he came, I, I don't know. I don't know why. But, but it, see, it, it doesn't say anywhere in here that she was a great Bible teacher, class teacher. She, she, she wasn't doing personal work classes or, or none of this. But... Evidently, it was very important to the church leaders and for Peter to come there because of the passing of Dorcas. See, and, and, and it doesn't even say anything about her bringing anybody to Christ in here. So, so we, we don't see no real on-surface on spiritual reasons why they, they would be rushed to come there, you know. Behold that thought. See, because verse 39 says, 
verse 39 reads, Then Peter arose and went with them. When he come, they brought him up to the upper chamber. And all the widows stood by him, weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. See, she, was, she had been sowing seeds with them. She was sowing seeds. She was ministering and encouraging others by practicing the gift that God had given her. See, everybody got a gift. God gives everybody a gift, and he's giving you a gift. You, what we have to figure out is what is our gift? How can we practice the gift that God has given us? So, so, so when, when we look at that, by her practicing that gift, she had all these people there contesting that, you know, how, how close she was to them just by the gifts she had been practicing, that hospitality, that kindness, that she, the, all them, them good works that she was full of. In, in her life, they were, they were, uh, uh, this was the validate, this what it said about her being full of good works and the, and the spiritual value that she, that it, it had on the people around her. See, so we can't say that our work or our job doesn't have a spiritual value to it. Because as I said, it doesn't say anything about her teaching classes about trying to bring anybody to the Lord. But see, she was a clothing manufacturer and she was a person that was full of good works that the Lord had blessed her. See, she had the gift of hospitality and kindness. And in fact, let, let us go to Romans chapter number 12 and let's look at this list of, of gifts and maybe we can see where ours might lie. In Romans chapter number 12 and, and beginning at verse 6. And we read, it says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry. Let us wait on our ministering, ministering or if, if that, or he that teaches on teaching or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it simplic with simplicity. Right. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. We're going to go ahead on down to a, a few more. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Not slowful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in, in prayer and distributing to the necessity of saints and giving to hospitality. I, I, I want to say that Dorcas was in there. And I would, I would imagine that those last ones, distributing to the necessity of saints and giving to hospitality, was, was part of her gift. Right. I, I imagine some people came to her that didn't, couldn't afford some of them nice clothes that she was making, but, but, but she wouldn't see them go away 
uh, uh, needing need, needing those clothes. And, and, and we have people in, in the church. We, we got people in here. I, I know uh, when Brother Paul was alive and, 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 and down his side, pole position. And I, I, I've had uh, uh, a relationship with Paul and, and Andre that goes way back, you know, way back before they even got a shop and they was working in other jobs. And, and every time I go down there, Brother Paul would, would uh, he, he treat me with kindness. And, and one time I needed some brakes. I needed brakes and rotors and whatnot, and, and, and I didn't have the money at that time. He said, Brother Claymore, we ain't going to let you ride around here with no brakes, you know. He said, Brother, pull your car in here, you know. And, and, and I didn't have no money, I, you know. But, but I had open credit with him for, for whatever. That's just the kind of person he was, you know. And, and I appreciate that. I felt like that was a godsend to me that I could uh, go to my brother and, and where sometimes when we want to, we have to go to a mechanic. We're scared to death because we feel like they, they're going to be making boat payments or whatever off of us, you know, when, when we come in the door and they're going to get us. But, but I didn't have to worry about that. Right. You know, I had, uh, whenever I went to, I didn't have to worry about that. And uh, even when things wasn't right, we had a standard that we had to go by. See, see that, that person that I don't know, see, they'll say, look, if you don't like it, take it somewhere else, you know. But, but see, with, with my brother... See, we had a standard that we both had to apply. And that's why I enjoyed uh, dealing with somebody that was in the body. So, so we, we, we have a, a chance to minister to people. And it's not always in the classroom or, or in the setting of the church. But our ministry is our life to some people. I, I'm quite sure on, on some of your, your jobs that, you know, when people are going through stuff and, 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 and they don't know who to turn to talk to and they start looking over the job and they say, I need somebody I can just talk to, somebody I can just unload this thing off of me and, 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 and give, it, give it to God. And they don't know who to talk to, so they, they look around and they say, Oh, no, I ain't going to fool with them heathens because they were so, they, they in bad shape as I am. So they seeking out some godly person. And see, if you're faking it, you ain't got to worry about them coming to you because they can see through that, you know. But if, if you halfway, you ain't got to be perfect. But if you're trying to do this thing, they see you trying to do it, you know. We, we're not perfect, but we got a perfect Savior. And, 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 and they, and they can see that in us, that we're trying, and they'll come to you and, and ask you or even just come to you and say, I just need somebody to talk to you, right. you know. And, and they'll start pouring it out, and, and, and you just listen to them. You, you, ain't have, you might not even have an answer for them. Anything, anything you, you could say won't help them in this situation that they're in, but they're just glad that you was ear for them to unload. And, 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 and after they finish, they thank you and and. and all, all you can do is just try to be godlike in your character for them to give them some kind of relief. So we have to ask ourselves, what is our gift? This wasn't a completed list, but maybe our gift was on there. And, and, and if it wasn't, then we, we need to try to find what our gift is. So getting back to our text as I hasten to my close. In, in verse 40. It says, after these people were around and they were professing how uh, the love that they had for Dorcas in, in her passing, 
In verse 40, it says, but Peter put them forth, put them out the room, and he kneeled down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when, he, when she saw Peter, she sat up. And, and he gave her his hand, lifted her up, and, and when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. See, she had been sowing in their lives encouragement, kindness. She showed that she was reaping here. See, she was reaping. God had blessed her. He said, I'm going to use you, Dorcas, your life as an example. He said, you sowed good seed to me. He said, your harvest is going to be that. I'm going to get Peter to use you as an example to, to, to further the gospel. Amen? So he, he, he presented her. Now, now I, I know that all those people that were standing around uh, weeping before was rejoicing when Peter allowed them to come back in and they saw Dorcas alive. And I, I don't know uh, uh, how her ministry was after that, but I, I imagine it, it, it had stepped up a taste, you know, a, after that, her, her ministry with those coming to her. And, 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 and then I, I told you that I, I closed with this. See, I don't know why the church was so concerned about Dorcas because she wasn't doing any spiritual work as, as it was. But in verse 42, when we read in verse 42, it says, and it was known, it being the raising of her, bringing her back to life. It was known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. She wasn't doing any Bible study classes, but I think it was a combination of her and what Peter did that caused a lot of people to come to the Lord. Amen. So if we just living, uh, if we trying to live a righteous life, we never know who we're affecting by that. We, we, we could be affecting or infecting some, some people by the life that, that we live in, okay? See, see, some people draw people to Christ, and some people look at it and say, well, I don't see it doing you no good, so... Uh, it, it, you know, and they shouldn't do that. But some people have a tendency to judge what it can do for them by what is done for you. But so we, we have to be careful in what we project, you know, because I, I know nothing says volumes about the power of the gospel like a changed life. You know, when people see you and they just see you different, you know, your relatives, those ones who after you obeyed and They've been putting up with you for the last five years. Uh, you know, when you don't, you don't hang around with them no more. And when, when they come around you, they got to watch what they say. You know, they, they usually say a cuss word every, every other word. Now they got to change to every seventh word now, you know, because you in the, in, in, in the space, you know. So, so, so and, and they got to put their stuff away when when they know you at the door, you know. So, see, they've been putting up with you with all that time, but you've been staying consistent in your walk or trying to. And we, we had some times when we slip, but as long as we get back up and, and as long as we keep 
falling forward. You know, some of us fall backwards. We, we, we take two steps, then we fall three steps backwards, you know. But, but, but we got to keep on, when we fall, fall forward. And, and you always have somebody within in your space that will help pick you up and help you to get back in this race. See, we just owe it to the Lord to, to try our best to, to be representatives of him. That's what he left us here for. That's our ministry. That's everybody's ministry. Just live your life. And, and as much as you can, you keep walking in this stuff. The Lord said, I'll change it without you even knowing it. You can't stay around his word and, and not have an effect on you. You know, you got to be dead. If, if you're if you stand around it and it's not having an effect, you're dead on the inside. So anyway, hang in there because he's got a reward for all the work that you do. Amen. Maybe you're here and you haven't obeyed the gospel. It starts by hearing God's word, believing his word, making up your mind you want to change. You've been trying everything. You didn't try this program, that program, this motivational speaker, that one, and it hasn't done you any good. You know, and the last time, for a lot of people, the last thing they try is God. Okay. But if you're to that point where you're to your last, then try God. And that starts with repenting, change of heart, mind, and action. Be ready to confess the sweetest name on mortal tongue and be ready to get baptized. Submit to baptism, which cleanses your, your slate, wipes your slate, slate clean, make you a new creature in Christ and, and give you access to all the power that you could ever want in, in this life. Amen. And be on your way to heaven and then live faithfully until death. He said, I'll give you a crown of life. We're going to. Uh, I don't know if there are any prayer requests, but we're going to stand and sing the hymn of invitation and give someone a chance to obey God's precious word. Amen. <laughs>